Welcome to Finding Your Identity, the podcast about helping you find your identity. Welcome back to Finding Your Identity. I'm Derek McKinney, and this is episode 26, and I want to welcome you back. There was a little bit of a delay in making this uh, 26th episode, and I apologize, but... You know, life gets in the way sometimes, and I'm doing this just, uh, you know, on my solo, so you know, no, but I got a good episode for you, so get ready and put on your eye patches, don't put, put them on both eyes, well, I mean, I guess if you're listening to the podcast, you could put, you know, I guess a sleep mask on to make for a better listening experience, or you can have two pirate eye patches i don't really care whatever you do to feel comfortable it's cool man but if you're watching the video it's going to be a little hard if you've got eye patches on if you're watching youtube so you know do what you think is right and hopefully you make the right decision but this episode because i said eye patches and i was talking about pirate eye patches is probably about how footballs are made right no, that wouldn't be right. Maybe it's about the letter R. Oh, no, this episode's brought to you by the letter R. Or maybe this episode's just about pirates. So there's actually an interesting history about pirates that I think is little known and their influence on democracy. So I think it's uh, going to be a good episode. So stay tuned. you really want to talk about finding identity i think you can look at at pirates as finding pretty you know distinct identities in terms of them really making you know this this kind of shift over to a type of culture and and to potentially be known as villains in a sense because you know i think it was well known that that pirates were of a certain type of character right so that's kind of uh, a, a decision you can't really make lightly but you know what's kind of interesting is you had you actually had a lot of sailors in the the 16th century that were kind of forced out of the navy because they were just being overworked and they were kind of abused and they, you know, they didn't really get a lot of respect and it was, was kind of harsh. And I have to imagine, you know, at a time when, you know, uh, it was kind of dangerous to to be on the ocean. Things could happen. You know, obviously, there's a lot of ships sunk in the ocean. <laughs> that, that's why there's like a thriving business of of people who basically dig or not dig, but um, dive to ships that are, are, you know, under the water and as salvage experts or treasure hunters. And that's kind of a fascinating, fascinating career choice too, I would think, because, you know, you're spending a lot of time just hunting for something that you may never find, or you might find the big find, you know, find some gold doblooms in the bottom of the ocean, and that's kind of exciting, but 
you know, they the sailors essentially, you know, made a decision to to join pirate ships because the conditions were a lot more favorable on pirate ships than people would imagine. You know, they're they're kind of fantasized like as as kind of cutthroat and, you know, the the captain kind of rules all, you know, and it it gets obviously done in Hollywood and you got the pirates movies you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies that really kind of give you this fantastical picture of what pirates were like and what the life of pirates was like, you know, and and a lot of that is just kind of, you know, it's been, it's been Hollywoodized, right? It's been done in, in an effort to make the movies sell because, you know, everyone kind of likes that fantasy idea about pirates and the life they lived and, and a lot of times I think people think that means that, you know, they were completely free and that, that pirate's life was just like something to be envied, you know, but it actually, there was order to the chaos, you know, the, the pirate ships and, and pirates had a, a big influence, you know, on, on democracy because they themselves, they followed a democracy, you know, they actually elected the captains of the ships and they had three branches you know they had this uh quartermaster that was the judge essentially you know and then they had um you know the the ship council the pirate council which was essentially like a congress right and the captain was the president and they they ruled with checks and balances you know so it wasn't just the the captain of the ship that would actually go out and say you know, it's my way or the highway kind of thing. Like, I think somebody might have said that in recent times. But, you know, in in all truth, like, um, you know, most of the pirate ships operated this way. And, and you know, it was like a little government on the ocean. And you kind of had to do that. You can't essentially operate with slaves, right? Like, because uh, eventually uh, the slaves might figure out, that they could just take out the one guy while he's like sleeping or, or he's drunk or something. And then, then it's over, you know, and then, and then what, like one of them decides to try to be captain again. And then they're in the same thing. Like it, you know, you kind of need some kind of order. I mean, it's why democracy kind of thrives. I mean, in whatever watered down form it might be in, you know, democracy thrives because there's the sense of the people having, influence on you know the government and i say water numbers because the united states is a democracy but i think it's considered a republic more so but you know with all the different tiers and stages and the way you kind of have to rise to power you know it doesn't feel like the individual has a lot of power but they do in a sense i mean the voting aspect you know and and this is kind of fitting because election day just passed it wasn't a big election by any stretch because you know like at least in in connecticut it wasn't like we were choosing a governor you know there's a lot of municipalities and local officials that were being elected and you know unfortunately it's not it's not as popular to go run to the voting booths and the in those smaller election years, right? But it's still important to vote, you know, and, you know, if you want to have a say in, 
you know, potentially who's going to be on your your town councils. And, and that can have an impact on on you financially because it could you, you know, uh, that could control what your mill rate would be, you know, your tax taxable rate on your property, right? So it is important to kind of be involved in those, you know, but the biggest and most important election that you can be involved in is the presidential election, right? Like, and a lot of people just figure, well, what's the point? Because the electoral, electoral college, it's kind of slanted in a way that my vote doesn't really have an impact but it it does i mean it still all does trickle up i mean it is kind of crazy to see the numbers being you know a little bit more on the popular vote versus the electoral college vote because of the way that it's set up but you know it still gives you a pretty good picture i mean in the united states in the past couple elections it, it really feels like you know it's divided almost evenly you know you you even because you don't really get to the electoral win without getting a certain number of popular votes <clears throat> at a state level, you know. And some people will argue that it's that it's uneven in terms of the number of votes that the different you know states get in terms of electoral votes. But, anyways, not trying to get into that kind of conversation. But that you know, the main point is that it, it is important for for you to vote you know and the pirates they you know the council and the you know uh, 100 or so depending on the side of the ship size of the ship 100 or so crewmates that helped pick a captain were making an important decision to pick a captain that they trusted to not you know run them aground or get them sunk or or get them into unnecessary fights where they would all die you know or make good decisions so that they don't you know, get taken over by a rival pirate or something like that, you know. So I think there's, to some degree, there's uh, a lot of respect to be had for, for pirates because they, as much as they've been fantasized as, as being kind of ruthless and and having, you know, no rules and following no rules, they really did, you know. That's kind of the main the main takeaway from this and i think i think it's kind of a neat like tidbit especially since you know they they did kind of plunder or they did you know take booty b-o-t-t-y as they call it which is just you know a word that makes people giggle but they did take money or however they scored any kind of income for the ship they distributed evenly you know, amongst uh, all the all the people based off of, you know, the skill and the duty. So essentially they got paychecks, you know, or, or paid based off of, you know, what they contributed back to the ship. So, you know, if you're a big contributor to the success of the ship, you'd get more of that booty, more of the, the money. And, you know, the, the, the fact that they did that kept crewmates happy you know and and part of part of what kind of makes a successful government is keeping the people happy and especially because they helped elect you right so it's like the government you know the the captain and the quartermaster and the the council right like they all 
knew that they needed to kind of maintain order and and keep the people happy. Otherwise, you know, that's the type of environment where it was a lot easier to have a coup where, you know, they would essentially, uh, what do they call it? Mutiny, I mean, uh, which is like a coup on the on the waters, I guess. But, it, you know, it'd be easy to have a mutiny where they'd essentially, you know, get rid of the captain and then assign a new captain and, and essentially the crew would take over the ship while that process was happening. And then it'd be like they just kind of redistribute the government again, you know. And that being said, you know, you kind of, had to be a leader like as a captain with then the knowledge that you're really trying to keep your crew happy you know so that they they may remain productive you know and i think another thing that was kind of interesting is that they actually had a healthcare system you know the um the the dangers of being a pirate were were pretty pretty great right so they actually got compensation if they got injured in like a battle so you know that was kind of kind of interesting so so it's almost like you know the the booty kind of also went into like a kitty right like or or some kind of savings account like on a, a you know maybe it's like a, a smaller chest off to the side of the larger pirate chest but you know they they would get they'd get money for for things you know um it it was kind of an interesting concept you know like for the 1600s you know and and most likely the influence kind of stemmed from way back when the you know the roman empire right like the the concept of democracy wasn't new but the fact that they employed it and they employed it successfully is kind of impressive you know so i think that's just kind of some interesting facts about about you know the pirates and the fact that they had essentially this judge, you know, which is like the Supreme Court or the, you know, the, um, the, the branch of the government that has the Supreme Court, right? So that person who kind of was like, uh, an assistant to the, the captain in a sense, you know, but it wasn't because he was there by his side really to kind of keep him in check, right? Or to, to be a decider if for whatever reason, you know, so, you know, the captain wanted to do something and, you know, that person had to kind of check because they did have a pirate code, which is essentially like their their constitution, you know. And, um, you know, some of these ships had these constitutions that they essentially uh, maintained, you know, that they wrote, wrote up as as rules for how that ship was going to to operate. And, you know, the, the rules, essentially, you know, I said constitution, but, you know, I think they called it a charter, you know, whatever they called it, you know, the rules were, were clearly defined by the whole crew, you know, like, it, you know, I guess a small ship would have been maybe like 100 sailors, like a large ship could have like 250, 300. And you have to imagine, you know, all of these sailors like having influence is kind of a, a pretty big deal right and you know uh most of them acting as the council you know they they felt like they had some degree of power but they you know it's like everybody on the ship had a, a say on on important matters that would affect you know matters that would essentially affect the ship because they they had to make decisions as to you know when they were going to attack other ships 
you know, and if they had to go to war with with rival pirates, you know, that was a big deal. And it wasn't just taken lightly. It wasn't the captain on a whim saying we're going to take that ship that we see in the distance. You know, it, it was the crew who had, you know, the ability to to make a decision, you know, and that I think, you know, that being the, like the Congress, it was kind of like, you know, they like obviously like today, you know, the Congress is the legislative branch that makes the laws. And that's essentially what it was. They kind of set the laws. They also made it a, a distinct decision as to when they would elect new captains, you know, and I, it wasn't necessarily like term limits like we have with the two term limits, you know, eight years for a president. But it was more like when when they felt you know the captain had served too long or maybe was feel it like getting like too much power or something like that then you know they would make a decision to actually replace them and have a you know have another vote that would actually go about choosing a new captain you know that's kind of i think it's a cool concept you know and then the quartermaster again you know who stood by the side of the the captain you know, he also was in charge of settling disputes. You know, he was the judge and jury in a sense. You know, so if there was if there was a dispute between crewmates, you know, he would have to get in between and, and be an arbitrator. Also, if anybody did something wrong, you know, that that broke anything, any of the laws that were kind of written up in that charter, you know, he had to basically dole out the punishments. He had to decide what the punishment would would be. And, you know, I don't know, walking the plank seems like the most popularized <laughs> punishment, but that's like a death sentence. And you're not going to have a successful ship if you start killing off crew, right? So that would have to be, you know, an extreme penalty for an extreme crime, you know? So I think most of the time it, it could just be that you you got some crap jobs, like literally, you know, having to deal with the crap or something in the the sub basement of the ship or whatever the heck you call it hull <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually know the terms hull i know hull is a is a term and port side is a term i think i should i should learn learn the ship terms but anyways you know in the the lower levels the disgusting rat infested section of of the pirate ship you know i remember when i was in I think high school or maybe it was middle school going on a field trip to mystic seaport which is in connecticut and mystic has some old pirate ships maybe just one i forget uh but that was cool because we got to actually go on a tour we got to go inside the ships i think we actually got to go inside of a submarine too and and some pretty cool things down there at mystic seaport and so that that was always just that was amazing. You know, like those pirate ships are just, you know, very like beautiful, ornate things that this actually might not have been a, a pirate ship. This might've been a privateer ship or it could have been a Navy ship. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was a pirate ship. I can't really remember, but it was a big wooden ship because they got several of them down there. So who knows? Maybe it is. I have to, I have to look back, but it was cool anyways, going on an old wooden sailing ship, you know, with those big masts and the big sails. See, I know another word, mast, but they're cool. Like the pirate ships were pretty cool. And 
there was, I forget what the name of the ship was, but it was unfortunate. I think it might have been during one of the hurricanes or some storm recently. But the ship that was used in the Pirates of the Caribbean was actually like a real ship. And apparently it sunk <laughs> when they were trying to move it. Like in the past couple of years, um, they were trying to move it up somewhere for, for storage or display. And unfortunately, it, it got sunk because of, I think it got stuck in a hurricane. I, I forget what happened. can't even remember the name of the ship, but that seems kind of sad. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's where you bury you bury ships. That maybe that's a, a a fitting end to the ship's legacy. It's like being buried at sea. I think that's what the the military actually does too. Like I think I've heard that they sink ships when they're when they're done with them. They would just you know blow them up and then sink them and then use them for for like diving exercises or something like that. You know I think I've heard of that a couple times actually where they'd sink ships. Um, you know, whether it be for, for military or for commercial, you know, for, for private citizens to actually go out and dive to, to shipwrecks, they, they'd sink them so that they'd basically create a, an ecosystem around them. But anyways, I'm getting, getting off track. Yes. Uh, and I forgot where I was, so I'm going to take a second. Okay, I found my place. I know what I was going to say next. What's actually interesting about the pirates of, you know, the 16th century and then the 17th century and, and you know, beyond was that, you know, they actually played an important role in helping America you know, before it became officially America, before the revolution, but helping the colonies actually survive because there, you know, England kind of didn't care too much about them, about the colonies, you know, the, the American colonies early on, right. During that time, you know, they were kind of just, okay, you know, we're going to take what we can from them. Right. But there was little, little care about getting stuff back to them, right. Supplies and stuff like that. And the pirates were on the ocean and they were traveling all over the place. You know, they were going into the Indian ocean you know, they were down in, in, uh, India, Mediterranean, you know, I'm just trying to think of oceans. I can just name them off, but you know, they, they basically were, were out there and, they were they were doing their their training gig, you know. They were picking up supplies somewhere, maybe stealing it, maybe getting it legit or whatever. But then they were trading it for for like gold or for you know other hot commodities like coffee beans or whatever it was. And you know they they essentially brought that back to the colonies because the colonies were lacking support. You know, England cut them off. Or, or just didn't, not cut them off, but just didn't have a steady supply sending over there. You know, you got to imagine at the time that England was pretty spread out, you know, because it, it was just, you know, a situation where they were all over the place, right? At one point, they said the sun never sets on the British Empire, and that was because the British had claims around the entire world in the sun never set on it because the sun obviously is always shining. You know, the world is not flat. And 
the sun, you know, would be shining on Australia where they had claims or, you know, in India or Africa, you know, and that being said, you know, the, that little Island did had quite an impact, you know, if you really think about it, Britain, you know, kind of thrived as being such a, a tiny Island. Um, but that being said, it was like the colonists were essentially kind of forgotten or, or pushed to the side because I guess the just, you know, a lot of people who were, were basically escaped England, right? So England was a little bit bitter about that, you know, and it wasn't until it became a thriving, uh, you know, a thriving society that England started to pay attention to them and, and recognize that there was actually resources that were being exploited that they didn't want to miss out on. And then, you know, then, then it was a matter of collecting taxes from the, the people that lived there. And, and, you know, England was like, all right, you know, now you've proven this is a decent place or we want to get ours. Right. So the pirates actually had a big influence because they essentially were operating this black market for the colonists to purchase necessities, you know, like it, it wasn't just, you know, frivolous things like, like, you know, currency was important, right? So they, they were able to, to make trades or, or, you know, bargain or whatever barter, uh, in order to actually get, um, currency that they could then use to then, you know, go back and then purchase stuff back from, from wherever England or, you know, other countries. But the, the pirates kind of played an important role because they, they helped them. Basically they helped them when they were struggling and they were that, that channel to, to help them obtain things, right? Because the pirates are constantly going out and, and going to other countries and then coming back because they, they had the ships and like the colonies, you know, maybe were catching rides like back to England or, I mean, I don't think anyone actually went back to England, but, but, you know, people were catching rides to the Americas and then kind of getting dropped off. And then that was that. And then it was like, okay, fend for yourself. You have to imagine that was hard times. I mean, the whole story of Thanksgiving was because the colonists were really not prepared and the Indians had to help them, you know, learn how to survive in this area so it was tough times i wouldn't want to live in that that time period that's that's one of those like time periods i'm not thinking oh wow that would be really cool to live during that time period you know no no thanks really seems cold i just imagine it's always cold <laughs> and as much as i like the cold i like living in new england because you get the flavor of all the seasons where, you know, okay, we deal with cold for a couple months, but then February gets here and it's still cold. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready for spring. But, you know, thankfully it's only like two months away. So then I can deal with it, you know, but if it was just like cold all the time, I'd be just disgruntled. So the pirates helped out and that was an important factor, you know, and they, they they definitely brought a lot uh, a lot to them, you know. And there was actually an act. It was called the the Navigation Act, and uh, or the there's more than one, I guess. The Navigation Acts, which uh, you know they they essentially restricted uh, uh, the I guess international commerce, as you could call it, or, or you know um, 
trafficking of goods and they um you know they they essentially got stuck like you know like because of that you know that 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 just limited the ability to import and even export you know which is kind of silly but that was just england was just silly so um you know at the time that was just kind of like it it didn't seem like it was benefiting anybody except it was just you know the the king or queen or whatever at the time was really just kind of I guess operating like how they had always operated so you know and and they were making a ton of money off of it right the the East India trading company I think it was called is what um you know the 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 big cash cow as you could say for for England and you know if it's not broke right (laughs) <laughs> so England kind of just operated how they know how they continue to operate. But anyway, so they they were helped out essentially, right? But things didn't quite always stay that way or or things didn't stay that way for long. You know, there was a certain period of time where that was uh a beneficial relationship between the colonists and the pirates, but then the pirates got greedy. So it wasn't exactly that they, I mean, I say they turned greedy, but they were always greedy. And, you know, pirates were essentially doing this, this job. They were like these little mini countries, right? Or little mini governments that were floating in the ocean. And, you know, they were kind of, given this uh, authority, in a sense, by different governments, right? Because there was essentially this need to, to you know, there, there wasn't exactly navies that, like, like you'd imagine them today, where, where they were very organized or that they had a ton of ships, right, uh, that were were able to 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 move. I mean, I think a lot of times the navies were more or less like more like coast guards where they they were kind of there to help protect the the nations like close to home but not necessarily like running out on the seas and going all over the all the oceans, you know, like you imagine the navy today where where you know, US navy is like all over the world, right? But, you know, it, it was more more like that you know they were they were kind of helping protect the the individual countries right closer to home and the you know the nations like when they started to to go to war with each other they'd actually kind of dub the um the captains as as privateers right the captains of of some of these ships and and then you know that kind of spurred this uh this private industry almost, you know, like it's like they, they basically, uh, it created, you know, capitalistic, (laughs) I guess it, you know, I, I imagine it like how capitalism, you know, and when they say, you know, you privatize like healthcare or whatever, like, you know, you know, when you, you basically take it away from the government's hands and let private citizens kind of, uh, form companies or whatever, you know, it, it essentially is, is a way to kind of grow things faster or let things kind of take off. And, and, you know, like what they're doing with the, the space race, right? Like Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos, you know, with their space companies to, you know, create rockets. And, and, you know, there's, 
there's a monetary incentive now. So it's happening quicker. The research and development is happening faster, you know, and it's it's no longer a bureaucracy dealing with it and, and getting something up and running. And now the U.S. is actually like hitching rides to the space station or, or you know, or tying payloads to these private rockets that the Bezos and in Musk's are, are creating. And, you know, this is essentially, you know, making the, the process a little bit more distributed, right? So that's kind of what happened to kind of start piracy or to create pirates, right? Because it was like they, they privatized the oceans in a sense by by saying okay you know if you got a ship and you're a captain um, we're going to dub you a, a privateer we're going to give you an official letter from the king or queen right and we're going to say that you're legit and that you're going to represent us and you can you know go attack enemy ships and you know while you're there uh you know take whatever you want take the their their goods and and um you know bring it back home and just give us a, a cut of it and, and we'll be fine. Right. And what happens is that's, you basically just created pirates, right? Like, cause all the countries are doing it like England and, and, um, France, you know, and, and uh, the Dutch, right? Like, so they, these are all different countries that essentially were kind of like, Oh, we got to do this now. Like we, you know, here and Oh, we need privateers. Right. And then, then it becomes like this, I guess, a, a a lust for the the life and a lust for for the gains of it, right? And and a lot of pirates were poor, broke, right? And and you have to wonder, like, why do they become pirates? Well, it was kind of a gamble. It's kind of like the treasure hunters of of today that are trying to salvage shipwrecks. There's a lot of irony in this, right? You know. First, they, they got to go and try and find a shipwreck, right? And then, and some of them are, are are digging up history behind it, right? Oh, okay, so what might be on this ship? And then they got to put all this money into essentially resurfacing the ship or die, you know, get in uh, equipment so they can dive down in the ocean to the, to the shipwreck for the off chance that they're going to find something of true value, you know, and, and, make a ton of money you know there may be a lot of these treasure hunters or whatever underwater excavators that they make no money and so pirates essentially that was the appeal so they were kind of gamblers you know and they were they were kind of gambling and going out on the ocean to to potentially score big but you know you get oversaturated you know and this was a a hundred year period roughly maybe maybe less you know, imagine it was between, um, you know, late 1600s and mid 1700s that this that was like what they call the, the golden age, right? The glory years of of the pirates uh, of the Caribbean, um, you know, and it, it really was just during those, let's say, 50 years that they just kind of had this free reign to run. And, you know, I think it took a lot of the government's is finally realizing the dangers of it and then putting, you know, putting an end to the programs, no longer giving out those letters. And then, then it became like, okay, well now we gotta, we gotta stop them. We gotta capture these pirates. And we gotta actually like, you know, we gave them money and we gave them ships and we gave them power. And now we gotta like round them all up and, and kind of put an end to this. And, and some of the, the big 
well, the two of the big names, Blackbeard and Black Bart, you know, were essentially captured and then killed. And that kind of set a ripple effect across the pirates, right? Because that was that was kind of recognized as like sending a pretty pretty big message, right? Because those were two of the, the most famous at the time, notorious, and that essentially kind of squashed that whole like idea of pirates. I mean, not to say that it stopped, you know, but I think it stopped every small person, you know, that was, uh, you know, that had a boat from calling themselves a pirate and running around in the ocean, you know. I, I think it really, it did a lot to kind of quash that, right? So, so that was kind of that period of time, which was, you know, that 50 years. But <clears throat> there's still pirates today. I mean, there's Somalian pirates that, that take over ships. And there's a, there's a movie with Tom Hanks, and I forget what it's called, but it's Captain Blah, whatever his name is. Captain something. And, you know, that was uh, essentially... Uh, a modern day pirate story. There's actually, I think it was a, I think it might've been a podcast. I forget what I was listening to, but there was something that was, uh, you know, there was talking about the, the modern day pirates are essentially, they're, they're very, uh, enterprising, you know, it, and it becomes, you know, it, it, it becomes something, oh, maybe it was, um, no, it wasn't serial. I forget what I forget what it was, but <laughs> there was, but it, but it was, you know, it was some someone was doing some digging. I, I think it was a podcast, but they were interviewing a guy who was kind of a negotiator, right? Because and, and he was actually, he was like the president or leader of a of some small country. I don't know. I'm I'm drawing a blank as I talk about it now, but you know that was the thing. It was like Somalian pirates. They actually kidnapped this couple and they were holding him hostage and then you know there there was essentially a ransom and you know there's all these like things to try to 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 get the ransom there and all all these things and the money you know kept changing essentially you know there's the amount that the ransom was and it's just a mess but that's how they're operating these days you know they're using Bitcoin, right? Like, I mean, that's that's the kind of how modern it's become to to become to or to be pirates, right? But they're they're doing things for for bigger stakes, right? So it's kind of it, it, it's an interesting history in our world, and you know the the way to play it to me, I mean, it's kind of dangerous, but it's not as dangerous. But but being a salvager, you know, some kind of uh, or treasure hunter. You know, that that's kind of a interesting like career choice right there. But that's gotta be kind of exciting. I mean it is a it is a treasure hunter, but you're essentially looking for pirates, booty in the water. But yeah. So that's uh the the little bit I wanted to talk about with the pirates and whatnot. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Finding Our Identity. And until next time I will bid you adieu. No. Uh, Arr. No. It's actually funny. Like, I don't know uh, from what I was looking up. Like, nobody can really sh- prove that there's actually 
the word R <laughs> was actually ever uttered by any pirate, but, you know, it's just fun. It's uh, kind of goes with the Halloween costume. It's your catchphrase. Anyways, this is Finding Our Identity, and until next time, have a good one.